Welcome back to Backward Point. I am your co-host, Bashar. With me is my brother. Nazar Sayyad. This is a cricket podcast. Uh, today's episode is going to be um, a Q&A episode. Uh, this morning on our Instagram stories, uh, we asked you guys to ask us questions um, to do a Q&A episode. And I was pleasantly surprised to see us getting flooded with questions. Yeah. Some very deep questions. Some just people want to get to know us better. Yeah. So I thought this episode could be the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I think uh, we were really uh, flattered by the amount of questions that came in. A lot of people wanted to know about our, our opinions on things. Um, and then they also wanted to know our, our opinions on each other and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to uh, yeah get into this. We have like a bunch of them. So we should just like, shoot. Yeah. shoot let's, let's, let's dive into it. Uh, we have a question from sold.ier423. Uh, he asks or they ask, where are you from in Pakistan? Karachi, bro. All the way. And, and we're specifically in Karachi, you want to mention? In Johor, born and raised. No, not born and raised, but ra- not born, but definitely raised. Raised, yeah. On the streets of uh, Pashtun Jok. Yeah, that, that's where the origins are. That's Gurdhastan uh, and Johor in Karachi, by the way. It's the same place where Sai Mayub comes from. Same place where Saud Shakir comes from. So in recent times, we are developing and producing world-class cricketers. Uh, there is a multiverse where you and I are not here, but actually playing for Pakistan because of Johar, but... Um, we, that's another podcast for another Absolutely. time. Um, the same person also asks us, when did you start podcasts? I mean, we've, it's been a while, right? Yeah. So uh, the, the podcast idea uh, was initiated and originated by this, the man himself. Um, I was somebody who always had opinions on cricket. Um, I've played some cricket in my you know short lifetime. I, I think I have strong opinions. I think I understand the game pretty well. And yeah. we would be watching games in our living room. I would be, you know, passing comments. Um, and you thought that it would be a good idea to do the same thing, but on video. Yeah, because I remember there was like this, uh, I don't even remember which topic it was, but we were having a very heated debate. And everybody around, around us was like having a good time, just hearing us spar. Yeah. And I was like, why don't we like put this on video? Because this is genuinely really fun to do. And then that's where the idea of the podcast came from. And we, the first podcast we shot was actually back in 2018. It's been almost five years. Uh, it's been on and off for a while, but I think for the past six to eight months, it's been on. Um, we've been we've had a clear direction where we want to go uh, with the podcast and how we want to take this, and uh, everybody's uh, decided to come along. So it's been a it's been a good ride so far. Yeah, absolutely. This was a, a long time in the works. We're fi- we finally settled out and um, have clarity on the future of this podcast and what it's going to be like. And I'm I'm very happy to see the progress we've made in the last few weeks and, and I'm excited to see where this podcast goes um, in the future. Uh, we have a question from a Al-Hadi Cash and uh, he asks, how did you guys fall in love with this game? Man, 2003 World Cup, I believe. We were like, I was six, you were four. Um, we were in the States and our, our parents bought the pay-per-view for all the Pakistan games. And I remember just that, that was my initiation to cricket. And when I so, I mean, it was a horrible World Cup for Pakistan. I don't remember that, but I remember like the environment, us staying up. That was the only time we were allowed to stay up to watch the game. Um, and it was just like, it was a whole family thing. Our, our uncles got like bakula. Uh, that was the first time I had bakula in my life. A huge sugar rush. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it's fond memories and that it never stopped from there. Yeah, I want to say the same thing. Uh, my earliest memory of cricket and falling in love was watching Shoaib Akhtar ball steam in in the 2003 World Cup, uh, especially the game against India. Uh, and then, you know, the following uh, games in that World Cup, he went on to 
break the world record of the fastest ball ever recorded. Um, over the past you know few decades, we've seen many records being broken, um, the fastest 100, fastest 50, um, you name it. But the one record that still is intact is Shrey Bakhtar's fastest ball of all time, 161.3 kilometers an hour. Um, there's so much advancement in technology and and fitness and nutrition, but for some reason, we still haven't seen anybody, you know, come close to breaking his record. I think Mitchell Stark was the last bowler Sean Tate. Who, who balled 160. Sean Tate was the bowler who balled 160. Um, but yeah, Shrebakhtar's record is intact. Because of Shrebakhtar, I wanted to be a fast bowler myself. If you're watching us on video, there's a, there's a book behind me. Uh, Shrebakhtar's uh, autobiography called Controversial Yours. Uh, bought it with my ED money back in the day. Um, oh, I remember that. It's also signed, by the way. It's signed, but we met him in 2018, so that was like a dream come true, a manifestation moment. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so because of Shri Bakhtar, because of um, that 2003-04 Pakistan cricket team, um, there was a sole reason why I fell in love with the game of cricket and why I still keep watching and playing uh, this beautiful game. 100%, man. Uh, the next question I wanted to ask you... Um, how do you know Irfan Junejo? Really? That's a question? <laughs> That's a question. Uh, Irfan, From Aliuddin underscore 23. Uh, Irfan and I are friends. We've been friends for a while. We became we met first time in the 2019 World Cup. Through cricket. Through cricket, yeah. Um, I was a big fan of his and then we just connected. He was one of our first guests on our podcast, uh, a different variation of this. And uh, we just stayed in touch after that. And then once I went to box on a few times, we connected. Became good friends. He's a great person and a plus human being. Um, you know, high praises for that man. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it's a question from Cricket Pakistan four two eight, and he asks your favorite player in Pakistan team. I think he's asking for the current okay. Pakistan team. I think uh, I want to say uh, my favorite player right now is obviously Babar Azam. Babar, yeah. Shaheen comes to a close uh, close second, but Babar just because of the scarcity we've had in the past of having world class batsmen. Um, Honestly speaking, we're just not used to having somebody like Babar in the team. It almost feels surreal, a pinch me moment that we have a world-class um, batsman and Babar in our team who's our captain who's leading us. Um, so that'd be my answer. Who do you think is your favorite player? I think it's saying Babar is sort of like a cop-out. Let's say if Babar was... Babar is it, but like let's take him out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Then you're saying Shaheen? Shaheen, yeah. I would say Shadab probably. Shadab. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I am a leg spinner myself. I love a good all-rounder. Like my favorite cricketer of all time. I don't know if that's a question, but my favorite cricketer of all time is Shahid Afridi. Um, the good, bad, and the ugly. I take it all with Shahid. And um, so, yeah, just to see another leg spinning all-rounder, Shahid is definitely my number two. Uh, good thing you mentioned Shahid There's a question here from Hader underscore Ali dot underscore. Can Shahid Khan reach the level of Shahid Afridi? Maybe not aura-wise, but at least based on stats. I think he surpassed him. Yeah, Shadab Khan just went past uh, Shahid Afid's record of the most T20I wickets from yeah. Pakistan. So yeah, the answer is yes. I think Shadab was a better cricketer, but the charisma, aura, attraction, magnetism, that... The match-winning ability that, that Shahid Afid had. Yeah, yeah. When you're when Afid was on the field, and we were even, you, know, you were even like down nine wickets, and you still have 50 runs to win, there was there was a hope. There was always a chance. One of my friends who who's a big football fan uh, also watches cricket. He, he mentions that Shahid Afridi is a legendary player, is an icon of Pakistan cricket because over the years, you know, he may not have the greatest stats that you may look at, you know, upon his career, but he's given you moments to cherish. You yeah. look back at the 2009 T20 World Cup, man of the match in the semis and the finals. You look at the 2011 World Cup, he was on fire with the ball. Um, 
2014 games against uh, India, the Asia Cup uh, uh, the games 26th. against India and Bangladesh. So over the years, he's given you incredible moments to cherish and look back. And uh, when you think of Shahid Afridi, boom, boom, that's what your brain goes to immediately. Yeah, 100%. So um, yeah, I think Shada will overtake Afridi because even though Afridi has some really um, interesting stats, like he has a very peculiar stat where he has like more than 8,000 runs and 300 wickets. Only three or four other people have that. That's an amazing stat. Um, but I think Shadab will eventually surpass him. Yeah, I think uh, stats-wise he will, but I think just stardom-wise. Stardom-wise, yeah. Maybe Shadab needs to work more on his match-winning ability and that may come when he performs uh, with his bat along with his ball. Yeah. We've, we've seen that the, the potential that he has um, when he plays for Islamabad United as captain. Um, he scores runs of Heavily, we see, we saw him, you know, score fifty against South Africa uh, in the World T Twenty that happened in in Australia. Yeah, uh, which is a, a match winning knock. So more of those innings, more of those performances, and he will go down, you know, uh, with the names up there with Shahid Afridi. Hundred uh, percent. One more question related to Shadab. Actually, uh, this question is from Mohid Siddiqui. Uh, he asks, bringing Shadab as an all rounder in Tests can really benefit Pakistan, especially with his positive approach and fielding. What do you think? Um, Shadab and Tess. Has he not played tests? He has played tests. Um, we have tried him. Um, he played against uh, England and Ireland in the 2018 series. Uh, he got dropped and then he came back on the team in 2020 when we went back to play England um, during the COVID tours. Um, Shadab, his, his performances with the bat were average. Like He scored, I think, 350s in that series against England and Ireland uh, in 2018. But... He, he wasn't able to, you know, um, contribute evenly with the bat or ball. So it was sort of like he was left in the midst of neither being a, a top quality bowler or a top quality batsman. So I see. my opinion there is, I think in test matches uh, where, yes, it might help uh, to have an all-rounder, people typically go with specialist players. I agree. I think uh, I would, I'd rather go with Abrar. Um, Abrar Hamad, right? Abrar Hamad, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather go with him. I think he's a bit more of a mystery spinner. Um, I don't... I don't see Shadab in tests, actually. His temperament's quite different. It's an Afridi-type situation where Afridi was like, I, I don't... He got test captaincy, and then he was like, I don't think I got this yeah. in the bottle. So, yeah, I don't think Shadab should be in the tests. I, I think we're good with tests. If anything, you want to experiment with more spinners, bring in someone new. I don't, I don't want to see Shadab in it. I love how your answers are correlating with the questions that are coming through. The next question <laughs> that we have uh, is from Yusuf underscore HS96. He asks, was Shahid Afridi an overrated player and captain? I want to hear this from you because you're a massive Shahid Afridi fan. No. The answer is no. He was not overrated. Uh, he was actually a really good captain. Uh, imagine coming out with uh, losing the two best bowlers you have. Like, imagine if you lost Shaheen and Nassim today. And then you and then the turmoil and the press around that. And then you have to build up a team again that goes into the semifinals against India. Um, I think he his legacy uh, will be remembered long after. He tried to pick up the ashes after the 2009 debacle, uh, both through, after the Sri Lanka attack and the um, um, the spot fixing scandal. I think uh, people don't credit that, but you needed a fierce captain and a strong headed man like Shahid Afridi to lead the team from that turmoil to then give it over to Mizbah and then so on and so forth. So I don't think he's an overrated captain. I don't even think he's that much of an overrated player. I mean, I sometimes now look back and look at his innings from the 2000s and the early 90s. And I'm like, there are potentials, there are moments there that could potentially lead to a star-studded 
career. I'm talking something like a Jacques Collis. Um, he was the same thing that made him a good captain, made him a bad player, which was his um, strong headedness. Like he would go onto the field and he would be he he knew that he w- he's a good hitter, so he would just do that. Yeah, he wouldn't play with the plan. And when he did play with the plan, we got the 2009 World Cup. Like the two innings he played, the semifinal and the final were so calculated. I think he only had two sixes and two fours in the final, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had scored a 50, a good like 35, 38 ball 50. So when he played with his head, he was unstoppable. But that was less to come out. That was, that was, those instances are a lot less. Personally, I felt like Shaila Fadi was a very aggressive captain. You know, under his captaincy, we went to the 2010 World T20 semifinal, uh, the game where Ajibon got hit for 24 by Michael Hussein in the semis. Yeah. Maybe if that didn't happen, we might have won that World Cup as well, but by beating England. Um, we really felt like we were the, the the better team in that World Cup. Um, and then, like you mentioned, uh, post the the spot-fixing scandal, losing, you know, two of our best bowlers and one of our set openers in someone. But And the press, man. And the press uh, and, and all the, you know, the drama that came with it to, to lead Pakistan to um, beating Australia's World Cup streak of consecutive wins uh, in 2011. Uh, we did that under Afridi's captaincy. To win six games out of seven um, in the group stage to make it to the semis. Um, and for him as a player in that World Cup to have such an iconic performance, 21 wickets, I believe. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think in terms of that, we, he, was, he was an okay captain. Uh, but I think post-2011, he lost his captaincy for some reason. And then it felt like him and Mizbah were just playing musical chairs to captain Pakistan. Um, and that just never gave him a proper run to build a, t- a team that he may have wanted yeah i would so, love i would love to see like a rain like powerhead like three or four years don't touch the guy from 2010 to 14 let's see what he can do exactly and then 2016 when afridi was uh, last captain of the world t20 um i don't think uh pakistan performed that well we didn't even make it past um the group stage um but all in all i think afridi i wouldn't say is overrated or underrated I, I would think he is an average cricketer if you look at his stats i think he averages one wicket a match and then 23 runs at, at a strike rate of 110. Um, Which is wild to me. How does he average one wicket a match when he's like taking 21 and 7? But then there's also games where he's not taking wickets or he's taking like one wicket or, you know, two wickets in a five-game series. So not every day you score 50s. I don't know. I Maybe I'm, I maybe I have like those uh, nostalgic memories, but all I remember is Alfredi taking wickets. I was like, these 10 overs, we're getting three down and he's not getting scored more than 40. Near the end of his career, he got hit for a lot more. Um... He had a back thing where he wasn't twisting enough. Remember? That was the yeah. whole thing. Pivoting. Um, yeah, pivoting. Yeah, he wasn't pivoting enough, so he was getting smacked all over the ground. So maybe that end two to three year period sort of inflated his numbers a little bit. But um, the other issue like, I feel like is um, uh, we never defined Afridi's role. Like, what are we expecting from him? Is he, is, even, not even he knew what he wanted to do. Like, was he an all under? Was he a bowling all under? Was he a batting all under? We were sometimes sending him as, oh, as, an, as an opener, as a pinch hitter. Um, and then when he wasn't doing good with the bat, he wasn't doing with, with the ball because I was putting pressure on him. Um, and so even when coaches came into to him, they were telling him to go against his natural game. Like, I remember um, I'm talking about Javed Mirdad or Bob Wilmer, and they were like, Afridi, go in, you know, take your time, play singles and doubles. But he's like, my strength is to attack to play aggressive cricket. So you're actually telling me to go against my natural instinct. Um, and, and by that, I'm not being able to, to perform to my full potential. Him and say then we're opening was just a delight. Yeah, 15 so, overs, you could go for like 150 or you could be out for like four, 41 for three. But that was just a gamble that Pakistan cricket took in the early nine, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. 
just a good time, man. Uh, one more question that I thought was pretty interesting as the question is from Arlene5 uh, and she asks, which team's World Cup kit was your favorite and what is your favorite Pakistan kit so far? Uh, it's the same answer for both, I think, for me, for both of those questions. It's the 2011 World Cup kit. Yeah, for Pakistan. Yeah. That's probably the best Pakistan kit. Um, so the 99 run- World Cup comes to a close I second. was just going to say, the 99 is a good runners-up, but something about the um, 2000 and 11 World Cup kit, bro. That's Crescent going across the chest. Um, yeah, that's that's probably... I, I wish Pakistan would, would do something like that again as, as opposed to whatever the lightning... Thunder, watermelon stuff. Watermelon stuff is going on. Like the 2015 kit was atrocious. Um, do you think the quality of the kit or your liking to the kits has to do with the team's performance in the tournament? Like if Pakistan had gotten knocked out of the 99 World Cup in the group stage and 29 World Cup in the group stage, would you still be like, that? those kits were good? Yeah. Or is it I because w- you have good memories attached to both tournaments like, that you're saying? Those kits were fire. Like objectively, those kits were like really, really good. Um, I think the 2003 World Cup kit is very nostalgic just because there was a lot of media around that World Cup. We had these famous string song. We had that song. We had like a lot of Pepsi ads. Imran Khan was in one, apparently. I, I remember Shreya Bakhtar was in them. Like, so that kid is iconic because of that. Um, but yeah, 99 World Cup in 2011 was really good. You know what? A rare kit that I saw in one of the old uh, Australia Pakistan matches, there was a blue, blue Pakistan. Yeah, the blue and green one. The blue and green one. That was a good one too. That I think actually. was ninety six or seven. Um, it was Afridi was like a kid. Yeah, he was like a baby yeah. when he was playing that series. So that kid, I would love to see them bring that one back. That's a good one. Uh, Twenty eleven, when the World Cup was happening, we were in Karachi, and um, the original kits from Boom Boom that was making the shirts were out of stock. And because Pakistan was doing so good, everybody wanted to get those shirts. Uh, and when we went to our guy who was selling our cricket equipment, um. He was making a lot of money that tournament because, and that just goes to show like how much of Pakistan's economy that if this Pakistan's cricket team helped surge. Yeah, um, I I was only able to buy that shirt uh, post the World Cup. I again saved up my ED money and and bought that shirt. I still have the original one and lots of memories and, and yeah. nostalgia. I think we have a cricket World Cup kit from 11, 15, 19. Yeah. And then I think because we're already doing it, so we'll probably get one from 23 as well. Yeah. Uh, I hope they make a good kit this year, man, honestly. Uh, speaking of World Cups, a question from Yusuf underscore HS96. Why has Pakistan struggled to beat India in so many World Cup matches? I think uh, this, with the 2021 win against India was Pakistan's first ever World Cup win throughout any World Cup. So ODI... T20. Uh, why do you think Pakistan has not been able to do that consistently? It's, I think it's like 13-1 or 12-1. At least in T20s, Pakistan has been really close. Uh, the final in the 2007 World Cup, we lost by four runs. The game in that same World Cup, in the group stages, we tied. Um, let me see. Uh, in the 90s, I think we were comprehensively beaten. That's fine. 2003, like, we were... We, we lost to, to India in the 92 World Cup. Uh, that was a, a World stage. Cup winning team. Yeah. We lost to them in the 96 quarterfinal. Uh, 99 uh, World Cup group stage, we lost against them. And those were like arguably some of the best teams we had. 03, I want to say it was, I was Sigmund Vakar and Nasseh Anwar that were at the twilight of their career. So they may not have been at their best. But in the 90s, I would have still expected Pakistan to, to beat them. Because we demolished India in like bilateral series every day. They stopped playing in Sharjah because we beat them so many times in yeah. Sharjah. 
our record is still better than India in overall yeah. ODI matches. But it's just the World Cups. Um, I don't know. I genuinely think it's a coincidence. I don't think it's any any like curse or a hiccup or that people like really make it of a big deal. I just think it's genuinely a coincidence. India has been good on those days. I think if you ask me, it's a pressure thing. It's it's a mental barrier. Uh, when Pakistan is playing India in World Cups, they're playing India in World Cups, whereas <laughs> India is just playing another team. And I think uh, MS don't really help with changing that mindset and just to make sure the players are calm. I've heard interviews of Inzamam and other players that used to take sleeping pills the night before um, of an Indian Pakistan World Cup match. So that's just the amount of pressure that there is. Everywhere you go in the hotels, on the streets, people you interact with, they want you to win. And that just puts added pressure. And right now, in these days, the modern era, because of social media, you're seeing so much more of those comments come in and that just puts additional pressure on you. But like that was like, so amazing about Babur and his run chasing in the 2021 World Cup. They were cool as a cucumber. They did not care. They were going on about their life, about their day. They chased that thing in 10 wickets with like about an over and a half to spare. And, you know, that's just the class of those people. Uh, there's a few questions regarding this upcoming World Cup. Uh, it's a question from Maria.muz. And she says, love the podcast. I am a huge cricket lover. Uh, do we have what it takes to win the World Cup? And I want to just add this question along with um question from Saad underscore Imran underscore 27 uh, and he also said what are the strengths of Pakistan in World Cup 23 is there any chance I would say Pakistan are favorites would you not I would say they're amongst like I, I see them making the semis um th- there has to be a huge huge upset or collapse where Pakistan does not make it to the semis because for the first time in a long long time I think um we've had a team that's locked in, like we were just discussing in the last episode. We have at least eight to nine players locked into the place and in, in their places um, for the ODI World Cup. That just shows role definition. It shows consistency. It shows a team that has built experience over time, that has world-class players, that has world-class players in the making. Uh, and I think given the conditions in Asia, um, given the bowling options that we have, um, I definitely see Pakistan having a very good chance uh, at winning this World Cup. Yeah, I think uh, I totally second that. Um, to yeah, I'd be equally surprised if Pakistan don't make it to the top four. Um, the way this World Cup is um, work is functioning is the same way that it was in 2019. So with that in mind, um, if we don't make the same mistakes we made with West Indies and you know if nothing gets rained out like Sri Lanka, I think we were making the semis in that World Cup too. So um, yeah, to say that they're the favorites is not a overstatement. I think it's very likely. I'd be surprised if they get out in the group stages. Um, and yeah, I'm go- I am I would bet a lot of money for Pakistan to win that World Cup. Um, it's going to be a lot of pressure because it's in India. And it's gonna- If they do, in fact, go to India and play, if it's at a neutral venue, that it could fire back or work in their favor. Yeah, that's a whole other annoying debate. But um, yeah, I, I, would, I would put the pin on Pakistan to win this for sure. No worries about that. More questions regarding the World Cup. This question is from Ahmed Majib, Ahmed Bai, Ravi the band. Uh, can Imad and Nawaz play together? If not, who is Pakistan's best choice between the two for the World Cup? Can they play together? No. I so I I want to answer. I want to disagree with you. Um, really? I think we were. I, I was just just thinking in my head of a scenario where both Imad and Nawaz can play. I think if uh, Nawaz plays as a bowling all-rounder, somebody who bats at number eight, um, and Nawaz plays as a bat, sorry, Imad plays as a batting all-rounder, somebody who bats at number six, then you can definitely see a, a scenario where they both play together. And um, the other part, do you would have three spinners in your ODI team, which I love included. 
Yeah, but because the World Cup is in India. Three spinners still with Iftikhar there too. So if you're playing Imad as a as a batting rounder, he's playing more because of his batting abilities. If needed, and if if the pitch is a turning track, we can definitely have him. But is Imad's batting ability so good that we take him over just because of that? That's the question. Do we want to take the risk? Do we trust no. Imad's batting that much? To we don't. Because then if you're playing Nawaz, Imad at number six, then you have essentially just five specialist batters. Yeah. And then your t- and your, your all-rounder begins. No, 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 no. I would not do that. The answer to that, that question is a plain and simple no. Mm-hmm. Imad does not fit into my ODI squad. Um, Nawaz, and you would go for Nawaz, Nawaz over Imad in ODI. Yes. I would agree and, with you. And you get a better, you get like a proper specialist batsman on that number six spot. Yeah. I would agree with you. Uh, there's more questions regarding the World Cup. Uh, question from Sehrish Majid Seven. She says, "Kindly discuss about your ideal playing eleven of Pakistan team for the ODI World Cup, and who will be our key key players for the World Cup." I don't know about an ideal playing eleven yet. I would still want to see the Asia Cup and the five game series against New. As Zealand. of now, speaking now. As of now, okay. So let's run it down. You go, um, Imam, Fakhar, Babar. That's locked. Rizwan. Locked in for. Uh, I would play. Um, Haris Sohail. Number five. I was going to say Iftikhar, number five. There's questions on our last reel, which was about Iftikhar. You know, I was talking about Iftikhar, my, that we should prefer Iftikhar over Agha Salman, just because that's just my personal opinion. But people were discussing why not play both of them at number five and six. My response to that is if Haris Sohail is fit, if Haris Sohail is in form, uh, we should pursue and persist with him at number five just because he adds another dimension to your batting order. He's a left-handed batsman um, who plays spin and pace both very well. He's had experiences of playing two World Cups, so he knows how to handle pressure in big matches. Um, having Agha Salman and Iftikhar at number five and six, I don't know how confident I am in that. Um, when was the last time Harris really played an ODI? Uh, so he played the three ODIs against New Zealand that were uh, in Jan, I believe. And that was his first ODI, first o- playing an ODI for Pakistan after a very long time. So, so where does this guy go? I don't know. Uh, he's just like out of the business and he then he appears, comes back the He disappears Cups. right before and after World Cups. That's shady to me. So I, that's one of the reasons why I don't want him in the World Cup squad. It's like, I don't I don't see the credibility. I don't see the reliability. I would rather go with an, I would rather go with Agha Salman and Iftikhar both than Haris Sohail. Haris Sohail, who averages 44 in ODI with a strike rate over 90. And, yeah. and, and an experience of playing two World Does Cups. he fit the team chemistry? Well, what makes you think he doesn't? Because he's just not there ever. He barely shows up. So if he if the next the next five ODIs against New Zealand, if he scores 150s. That's what I'm saying. I need to see the next five ODIs and the Asia Cup. Okay. I can probably so you're saying it. as of right now, you're going to pass on the hires to him. Yeah, you're going to say if the hired five, also one number six. Yes. Okay. And then I'm going to guessing it's it's Shadab, Shadab Nawaz. Yeah. Then... And, so on and so forth. And, Shaheen, and, and are your Pacers going to be Haris, Shaheen, and Asim? Yep. Okay. Yep. I would be the same thing. My only cons- change that I would make is uh, so Fakhar, Imam, Babur is one. Haris, who had a number five, if he's fit and in form. Number six, I would have Iftikhar Ahmed. Number seven, I would have Shadab, Nawaz, Shaheen, Haris, and Nasim Shah. Yeah, I think that, that sounds about right to me, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, key player for the World Cup Babur. Fakhar, I think, as well. Fakhar, I was going to say. Uh, your, your top three, always key. Yeah. And your top three bowlers, always key. That's six. And then, yeah. and then in the middle, you need, like, every now and then, you need an Iftikhar. So blow everyone. up. Shadab, blow up. Not uh, everyone. You like you don't said, have... Top three batsmen, top three bowlers, <laughs> the middle order. That's the whole team. 
<laughs> no, no, I mean, what I mean is like, you don't need like Shadab. Let's say if Shadab goes on out for his duck, but if the car comes in and scores like a good solid 50, I'm saying that like you need those um, flashes of brilliance every now and then, but the key players are going to be Babar, Shaheen, Naseem. Okay. Um, more questions. So if Tahar Ahmed deserves uh, a spot for the ODI World Cup, yep. what do you guys think? We just spoke about this. We we think he should be in there. Um, Definitely in there. We're, we're big if the maniacs. So we, we want to see more of Tahar in the team. Uh, question from Owais Wakas for, do you yourself play cricket at district level or something? We play uh, league cricket, uh, which is like village cricket. Um uh, yeah, we play we play league cricket for uh, Markham Premier League. You can see us in the uh, the Nielsen grounds and the McCowan grounds uh, every weekend at seven AM, probably. Yes, and in the past we, we we've played competitive school cricket in Karachi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we played inter school cricket in Karachi for two years as well. Yeah, right before we moved to which is which is quite competitive, and that was at a very young age, so we were exposed to the hardball. Um, and then in twenty thirteen, we moved to Canada, um, and we started playing just you know. Phyllis Cricket, League Cricket here. Um, I think the highest level, the most competitive that I've played is uh, back in 2016, I was picked up for the Toronto under-19 school cricket team that toured to uh, Trinidad and Tobago and West Indies. Um, and where so, you met Brian Lara and Samuel Badri? Yeah, where I met Brian Lara, uh, Samuel Badri and Dinesh Randham. Um, we had a few, we had a series of games against the Trinidad under-17 team. We got smashed by them. They were so good. Um so that that I would say is the most competitive that I've played. And I've also played university cricket cricket here, inter house cricket and university, uh, and now again just playing league cricket. Yeah, uh, it's fun times. Cricket here is actually a lot of fun to play. The grounds here are beautiful. Um, they're high highland grounds. They're the grass is green. It's just a lot of fun. Uh, this question's about uh, the PCB chairman. Uh, there's quite two questions. I'm going to bring them up together because I think they're quite related. Ugh. Question from Hasin. Walid, was Ramiz Raja the best chairman PCB ever had? And this question from Sultan Elahi. Opinions on Ramiz Raja versus Najam Sethi handling of PCB would be great. Also, Eden Mark. Eden Mark to you too, buddy. Um, Najam Sethi versus Ramiz Raja. I think Najam Sethi comes with a lot of baggage, good or bad, whatever, wherever you stand. Um, he is, a, in my opinion, a political pawn. So his opinion um, on cricket really like rubs me the wrong way. He's done some great things, like he inaugurated the PSL. Um, you know, he's he's just he's done a lot of great things, Mickey Arthur and all that. I think was he the chairman in 2017 when he won the Champions Trophy, right? Sorry, Nam uh, uh, City. Yeah, was yeah he was there. Yeah, so he a lot of good things happened under his reign, like no doubt about it. Just as a personality and uh, as a public figure. I have issue with him. Um, his close ties to the government and whatnot just annoys me. Um, Ramiz Raja, I felt like, was a good fit. I wished he had a little bit more time. Uh, he was only there for 18 months. I wanted to see a good, like, three, four-year tenure from Ramiz before we can make a proper um, uh, estimation of... Judgment, yeah. Yeah, of, of what his tenure was. I think it's... For that role, you have to have a creator. Um you need someone who, a cricketer who knows how to manage teams. So like someone like an Intikhal Alam or a Javed Miyadad or a Ramiz Raja. Uh, that seemed good to me. But again, Ramiz Raja has the same criticism that Najam Sethi has, which is Ramiz Raja was close to Iman Khan, which is why he was appointed. So I don't know. They're both good and they're both bad. I just like Ramiz just a little bit better. 
my take on this would be that Ramiz Aja was a better face for uh, as as a PCB chairman because yeah. of his commentary stints and and his career for Pakistan. He was well known over the, all over the world, um, and I think he was also a better spokesperson for the PCB and and putting any cases um, in front of the media. Mm-hmm. Najam Sethi, I feel like it's a bit better in terms of just doing basic admin work like you know we mentioned in the past he was the one who originated the PSL uh, it was under his chairmanship that that happened um he also worked really hard for bringing international cricket back to Pakistan yeah so credits where credits are due yeah uh, against Rami Zaja um didn't really get a proper run as chairman so we weren't able to see um many of his ideas uh come into fruition mm-hmm. uh would have loved to see more of that but I agree with you there, there needs to be a cricketer for this job it is cricketer um that, that needs to be employed here. Uh, just looking at our neighbors, we saw, you know, um, Saurav Kanguli um, be the, the the president of the BCCI for a long time. And I feel like having such strong a good run and big well. players um, definitely helps uh, take the game a long way. Yeah. Let's do a couple more. Uh, question from underscore owls360. Is the Bobber versus Kohli debate even fair? Yeah. Let me take the lead on this. I don't think it's fair. What? Um, and and okay. the reason why I say this is that, um, firstly, Virat Kohli started playing cricket, I would say he debuted in 2008. So that's about seven years before Bob Rosen even played for Pakistan. So um, the centuries he scored in that era, someone might rate them highly, some, someone might rate them lower than his his past, his hundreds that followed. Um and that's mainly because you're comparing eras in that sense. That's also the reason why I don't think it's fair to compare Virat versus, versus Sachin. Just because I think Sachin, I think, in my opinion, might have faced better quality bowlers. Bowlers like Wasim Akram, Bakar Yunus, uh, Malcolm Marshall, Michael Holding, uh, Dale Stain. Um, and so uh, because of that, I, I don't think it's fair to compare eras. And Babur and Virat now are in the same era, but previously were parts of different eras. The other reason why I say that is because uh, the other reason why I say that it's not a fair comparison is because you've got to look at who Virat Kohli is batting with. India's top three is, it used to be Shikhar Dhawan, Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli. Previously, it was it used to be Sevag, Sachin, Virat Kohli. So you've got to consider who Virat Kohli is batting with, his batting partners, the partnerships that he's having. Did Bob Razan have the same quality of, of, of batting partners in his tenure as a batsman for Pakistan? I don't think so. Oh, wow. That's a very interesting take. The last point, I never thought about it like that. Um, I still think it's it's co- completely comparable because you make seven years sound like 70. It's not like he played in the 80s and Bob is playing now. They were just seven years apart. Um so I don't think it's that 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 much of a difference. It's more like the Kobe, um, LeBron James debate where Kobe played in 96. LeBron James debuted in 2003. It's about the same seven seven year mark, six year mark. Um, I think it's totally com- comparable. They're the same style of player. They, say, they play the same exact position. Um, they are the best in the world. They have been at one point, sometimes together, sometimes separately. Um, one is following up the... You know, walking at through the steps that the other set through. Um, so I gen- genuinely think that it's definitely a comparable situation. I don't know why. I I, I just think the debate gets really toxic, uh, which is that's the problem I have with that. But apart from that, yeah, definitely, I, I they're comparable uh, right now. This is not a hot take, but Babar Azam is better. 
right now in this moment in 2023 in April, Babar Azam is a better batsman. Um, if like, if you had to put money on who would, would score a century to save your life, it would not be Virat Kohli. It would probably be Babar Azam. Right now, it's right now in this moment, and this is to save your own life, personally. To save your own life, yeah, I'd put money on. I, I'd, I'd make Babar bat for my life, basically. Um, so yeah, I think maybe when both of them retire, the comparative will always be there. Babar Azam will always have to live under the shadow of Virat Kohli's supremacy. I don't know about that. Uh, and I think I don't uh, know. if Babar gets more centuries than Virat, I don't think that's happening. But he, Virat has 75. He's 34 years old. He's probably going to get another 10 to 15 uh, in the next uh, two to three years if he continues to play. He might even get 100 100s. I don't see a scenario where Babar Azam gets to 100 centuries. Um, he's at 29 right now. And he's 28 years old. He has 10 years to go. So if he scores seven centuries every year, which is very rare, very rare. Like he has to be, he has to have a, an extended purple patch for that to even happen. Yeah. Um, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. He doesn't have to score a hundred centuries. I don't need to score. I don't need him to score a hundred, but I just, there is a possibility that he might not, if not surpass Virat, but get close to it. Well, if you look at records, right, especially in ODIs, Babarazim is crushing, smashing all the ODI records. Um, and these are for players like Hashim Mahmoud, like Virat Kohli, like AB De Villiers, fastest to 2000. 3,000, 4,000, 4,000 runs. Fastest to, you know, 1,000s, 1,500s, 1,700s in ODIs. So, Babur is putting himself up there. To be even in the same conversation, I feel like as a Pakistani, is is an honor. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Uh, there's two, two questions. Yeah, let's do a couple more. And, and, and I'll let you pick the last one out of these ones. Um, there are these two. Which one do you want to talk about? Um, let's do the Mohammed Amir one. Okay. So the question is, uh, from Abbas underscore Zadi two, Mohammed Amir is still Pakistan's best bowler, especially in India. No, simply no. Let's say hypothetically he is. Let's say Amir is the best bowler in Pakistan, and we need him for the World Cup. Dude, we can only pick players who want to play for Pakistan, who are available for selection. This guy is not interested in playing for Pakistan. All he wants to do is play leagues. Um, last we saw him play the Legends League against old players. That like, was crazy for me to see him there. Like a retired Dilchan and a computer. Like, what are you even doing, dude? You're 29 years old. I think I think he's in his 30s. He's just turned 31. Like, you're in your bowling prime. You've already wasted two years. What are you trying to do? Like, what are you trying to achieve? Is there any way that Bob Mohamed Amr is going to make a comeback in the squad? I don't think so. It's over for him. I don't think so. Even if he was available for selection, I think that, and that's what this case is, that he fears that if he takes back his retirement and Pakistan team does not pick him, that's an insult for him. So what Amr is expecting is people to people like Natim Sedi, the selectors, Babar Azam, to go down on their knees and beg for Amr to come back. Listen up. We don't need Mohamed Amr. We have bowlers like Shaheen, Naseem, and Haris Rove. Um, who are the future of Pakistan cricket. They're young players. They have so much potential. We would rather invest in them um, and, and make them have careers for Pakistan that have longevity, that have sincerity and integrity. Um, and, and that's my take on this whole Mohamed Amr case. I don't even think he's the best bowler right now. The best bowler Pakistan has right now is Shaheen Shafidi. There's no doubt about it. Um, I don't I don't see a scenario where Mohamed Amr makes a comeback. I think, like I said, all the Pakistani players who have ever become stars have performed in India against India. That'll just be a testament 
to Shaheen Afridi and his ability and his prowess if he lives up to the hype. Um, same with Babar, same with all the Indian players and and the and the World Cup itself. I don't think Mohamed Amir has a position in the in the team anymore, nor should he. And I also don't think he's the best bowler that Pakistan has. No way. Far from it. That, I think, is a good way to wrap this episode up. Uh, thank you guys for sending in your questions on a very last-minute uh, notice. Um, we loved answering these. We'd love to see the small community that we have built uh, over the past few weeks, and, and we hope to continue building uh, and bringing these episodes for you guys. Um, and hopefully we'll have more of these uh, Q&A sessions uh, and episodes. Uh, until then, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe if you're listening to us on audio streaming platforms. Uh, what really helps is if you can uh, rate the podcast, uh, follow it, um, and recommend it to your friends. So Yeah, we got a lot of questions that we weren't able to get to, so apologize, apologies for that. Um, we will do a lot more of these. We do realize a lot of people want to know our insights specifically on specific topics. So don't worry about that. There's going to be a lot more. Um, thank you for everybody who yeah. sent in their questions. And if you want to send in questions or have an opportunity to do, this, do so, you can either you know, email us um, at backwardpointpodcast.gmail.com or the easiest way, I think, is to follow us on Instagram at backwardpointpod just so you can stay updated with all our reels, posts, episodes, um, and opportunities like this where you can send in your questions to us. Yeah, thank you very much for everybody. Uh, thank you thank you very much, everybody, for uh, sending in their questions and we'll, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Cheers, bye. Cheers.